Welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm Tanya Morgan, and on today's episode, we're on the road with Mally Research Updates, and I'm sitting at the tail and bend oval with a special guest. I've got Chris Davey here from YP Ag and also Weed Smart. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Tanya. It's great to have you here today. We're really pleased to have somebody who's come from the land of lentils, talking about lentil weed management in the Mallee. What can some of our growers do to improve their weed management practices in lentils? How long have you been working on the YP? Let's hear a bit of your background. Yeah, 97 was when I first started at Kadena, just as a branch agronomist, and yeah, worked my way through helping start YPAG up in 2003, and for the last four seasons, I've been lucky enough to be part of the Weed Smart team. Tell us a bit about what the landscape looks like on the YP with lentils. Lentils are our biggest cash crop, I'll call it, regularly being the highest gross margin crop. And many years ago, it used to be about what are the break crops that we can grow for wheat, whereas now, tongue-in-cheek, it's more things like wheat are the braid crops for lentils. So we're trying to utilise that for the best economic return in our rotation. But it does come out of cost, Tanya. Yeah, weed control and also weed resistance, more than not, is really coming to the fore, and it did show up in a lot of paddocks in 2022. Yeah, I guess one of the benefits of probably being a little bit behind the YP, we can learn from some of the, the challenges that you've been going through over there. So you started your presentation today talking about the fact that lentils aren't very competitive. And, you know, there was some work done in the early 1990s saying that 5% yield loss in lentils for every broadleaf weed present per metre squared. That's not very many weeds per metre squared, is it? No, you're right. Uh, Lentils for the first six weeks of their life don't do much growth in terms of biomass. So they're very prone to particularly broadleaf weeds or thick infestations of grassy weeds having a strong influence in the early establishment phases of the lentil growth stage. Uh, lentils are also with rooting, so I think with a big taproot that can get below that, radish and milk thistles and prickly lettuce can really compete uh, outright with lentils for nutrients and for water. And conversely, above grounds, those broadleaf weeds, once they get above the canopy, can really branch out and, and shade out, literally push out the road, the lentils as mm. well. But it's really important that we control the weeds early in the lentil establishment. So what are the common broadleaf weeds that we're having to deal with in the Mallee? Because there's there's a fair mix there and it just adds complexity to managing weeds in general. That's right. You'd be looking at uh, the brassica group, which is your radish, mustard and turnip. Also the thistles, which is milk or sour thistle and prickly lettuce. Yellow burr weed seems to be in isolated patches as well. Bifora and fumitory are starting to make their presence known in the Mallee. And one of the big ones, just simply because of previous rotational histories, is vetch and medic. Mm, So they're, yeah... They're two of the weeds when growing lentils that you'd ideally prefer not to have in your paddock. Which is a bit of a challenge for low rainfall growers that have had vetch and medic as their key break phase and having to make that transition to lentils now, it might be a fair bit of time before they get on top of weeds like that. So a lot of different types of broadleaf weeds, potentially having to use a lot of different modes of action. What do we do there? I put up a few slides, Tanya, that came from Plant Science Consulting, so Peter Butsalis and Sam Kleeman, and it showed that radish and mustard and milk thistle, the group two, or group B's with sulfonylureas and emis are almost 
rendered useless due to resistance. There can't be a dependent on the IMIs and the other products like Broadstripe, for instance, that we can use in lentils to control those weeds. So that puts a greater focus on the pre-emergent chemicals like the triazines, like a new one called Reflex that came out a couple of years ago. And surprisingly, there's quite a bit of brodal resistance from the random surveys that Peter did, as well as the targeted samples that are sent in by agronomists and growers. So that's surprising. We don't have much of that on your peninsula. So that, that is one that the Mallee yep. in front of us with. But that's also an option if there isn't resistance in your paddock that we can control those brassica and thistle weeds. Another thing you said, you put up a few examples about how the different types of chemicals you might be able to use in a different brew to control weeds. The more modes of action equals better yield. So we're in a low rainfall environment here. How do we manage the risk of that in the Mallee? You know, when you're not actually guaranteed a lentil crop every year. Yeah, it's a valid point. Uh, there were some great trials by Navneet Agarwal from Asadi last year, and that really depicted that the more soluble pre-emergence, for example, metribuz, not only upset the crop, thinning the plant density out, but also let the weeds come through as well. And this was a similar trend for any single use chemicals ranging from looking at terrain, turbine, and even intercept by itself as a post-emergence, we still weren't hitting the great heights that we were when we were stacking two or three of the chemicals together. Because each time we added a chemical to the mix, we were getting better weed control. And as we alluded to earlier, weed control in lentils equals yield so the yield is going up as well so there's no one set answer i guess for the mallee because it will be dependent on soil moisture conditions also soil type which is predominantly sands or june swale type of setup and even from that lighter soil type we're quite restricted with what chemicals we can use and what rates of them so there's no silver bullet unfortunately it's knowing your resistance status of the weeds and knowing what weeds you have in the paddock and then tailor a uh, package that will work for your farm. Some people would be put off thinking I really want to whack my lentils in and just keep them as a low cost low risk input option and just try and get the nitrogen benefit from growing a lentil crop and if you get some yield all well and good but some of these uh, yield results you were putting up with multiple mo- modes of action in a brew were just showing phenomenal yield responses. So I had to throw a bit more at it and try and make a profitable crop. That's true. And uh, I know we were discussing weed control options in lentils today, things like trace elements and inoculating lentils. They are definitely a crop that what you put into them, you will get back. Yeah. They're definitely a cash crop as well as the the flow-on benefits to the following crop or two. Now you touched on herbicide resistance earlier. Going back a step to pre-emergence and resistance testing around those, what have we got in our toolkit still in the Mallee in terms of pre-emergent herbicides? Yeah, we touched on grassy weeds for a start and trifluralin was the only one that showed up as a high degree of resistance, so therefore high risk for the grasses, and that was ryegrass. At this stage, brome and barley grass are, um, what I'll say, quite easy to control because there's very, very little resistance. A little bit of FOP resistance and any resistance just starting to creep in with brome grass. So by rotation and rotating and mixing herbicide groups, we can keep on top of that. In terms of the broadleaf weeds, yeah, it's really the imis and the ureas, so those group 2 or group B products that we've got high levels of resistance. And again, that's in the brassica family with the Indian hedge mustard and wild radish. Uh, and it's also in, in milk thistle and I guess would be in prickly lettuce as well. So yeah. they're the ones that we've really got a, 
avoids and um, that's where the triazines, your reflex and possibly the brodal can have a good fit in controlling broadleaf weeds and lentils. I want to talk about herbicide timings for a minute. You touched on uh, four different timings. There was IBS, PSPE, early post-emergent and mid-post-emergent. Now, it can get a bit tricky to talk general recommendations with all of these different products. It's more about sitting down and talking with your agronomist or your consultant coming up with a brew based on your own individual situations. So I want to focus more on how to stop seed set in a lentil crop. What are some of the techniques that people can look at for managing weeds at seed set? Yeah, really good question because once the lentil crop starts flowering, we really should not be applying any further herbicides until just prior to harvest. So in terms of a grass problem, and I'll pick on ryegrass, which is our main one for resistance, you have a very late chance of uh, or opportunity to put out a clephidium just prior to flowering, which will assist with any late germinating ryegrass. But then after that, we're looking at things which might be a bit more of a short-term pain, long-term gain option, which might be chemically fallowing. Uh, Lentils being such a short crop, problem weeds like radish or brome grass that might be resistant. It's very easy to pick up those weeds and, um, yeah, spray them with a ute boom or if they're widespread, just chemically fallowed with your normal boom spray. Following on from that, there's an opportunity for weed wiping, which is just having a a wick, I'll call it, of chemical that moves across the top of the lentils just above their canopy and, yeah, takes out any weeds which are up above that, which is really good for the broadleaf weeds in particular, like milk thistle and prickly lettuce and brassica weeds. Moving on from that, you're looking at your desiccation and we touched on today looking at double knock versus single knock. Double knock has a lot of benefits in terms of controlling problem late germinating weeds like fleabane flax. It also dries the crop down a lot quicker, allowing the grower to get into the paddock for harvest as well as if you're lucky enough to have a harvest mill, just dries the crop down so well for the mill to actually work a lot better as well. That one, it's not going to be every year. It might only be one in every three years when there's either lots of weeds or subsoil moisture or it's a wet spring. Otherwise, there are single pass opportunities to actually crop top and desiccate the lentils, thereby evening the crop maturity and stopping the seed set of, of the problematic weeds. The key take-home message is there's lots of different options other than herbicides that we should be considering when, you know, looking at a crop from start to finish. And that's really what the Weed Smart principle is. It's focusing on the big six. And so where can people go to find more information about the big six? The easiest one is just the WeedSmart website, Tanya. Once you're on there, there are podcasts, there are webinars, there's diversity era courses, which are a range of training courses, not only for people in the industry like agronomists, but for growers alike. And they range from crop competition through to harvest weed seed management, resistance testing, a lot of the key pillars of the big six. So it's a wealth of information that you can just jump on and search through. It's come from a lot of very knowledgeable people. Yeah, as you've said, it's like we're trying to incorporate as many parts of the big six into a farming enterprise as we can and reduce the reliance on herbicides and that in in turn prolongs the onset of 
herbicide resistance. Mm. Yeah, you're talking about the use of herbicides being the last tool in the toolkit that you should consider. Use all those other options first and then use your herbicides and you'll get more longevity out of them and hopefully a better result. That's right. And the other thing we haven't touched on is just what weeds do for crop competition and reduce the yield down just purely from crop competition. Mm. It's probably a lot bigger number that we're losing in terms of yield than what we're actually spending on chemicals as such. So it's a bit of an elephant in the room that if we can get those weeds under control by whatever means possible, then the growers are going to be more profitable. Absolutely. Thank you very much for joining us today on the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm sure if people enjoyed this episode, they'll be able to hear more from you on other Weed Smart podcasts. So we'll put the link to Weed Smart in the show notes. But yeah, it's been great having you here in the Mallee and we hope to get you back again soon to talk about any number of other weed issues. Thanks for the opportunity to present to your group. Yeah. Love being a part of it and hope we can do more for the Mallee Sustainable Farming Group. It sounds great. This podcast has been brought to you by the Murray Lands and Riverland Landscape Board with funding from the Australian Government's National Land Care Program and Landscape Levies. Thanks for joining us. If you want to hear more, like and subscribe to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. Catch you later. Music